0: I didn't know how crazy, because we never got treated. We never uh, knew this way of life. And uh, she started going to meetings and started sponsoring people and started running conventions and started doing all of the stuff that recovery people do. And uh, she changed enormously uh, to the point where we used to joke like, "Who is that lady?" Right? <laughs> you know? And uh, it's it's amazing. And I just want to say that you can, you can absolutely, like our book says, you can absolutely positively believe whatever she has to say about herself as it relates to this way of life. And with that, I introduce my lovely wife, Lisa. Love you, babe. It's too early to start crying. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much. All right, Thank you. That's right. And it's and he is speaking the truth that's for sure so um, first I wanted to Lisa Kay was the one who asked me to uh, speak today and I was you know I'm always honored to share my story and then her after I agreed then she said oh by the way I'm not gonna be here um, <laughs> do you have someone that uh, can announce you you know otherwise we'll wing it which would have been fine too but Brian is the first person uh that I thought about simply because he's gotten a front row seat <laughs> of my recovery the good the bad and everything else in between so I really I uh, thank you Brian I love you mm. so um I I do want to start out by saying you know it's November it's Thanksgiving. It's gratitude month, and um, one of the things that is there's so many things I'm grateful for, but one of the biggest things is the my family repair, and it is because of the of this program in Al-Anon. La- Thanksgiving was a couple of days ago. We all spent it together, and there was no fighting, and that's a miracle. Okay. <laughs> I would it, I would be talking way too long if I just talked about just the uh holidays and the fighting. Um that would that I could use the whole meeting for that. And so what a blessing that is, you know. I'm in recovery, my husband's in recovery. I have three brothers, all my qualifiers, even though I really don't like that term, but um they're all in recovery. And that's a blessing. So It did not start out that way (laughs) so um, my story starts pretty early I did there was a lot of early trauma um, in my life and a lot of things that I carried with me for a very long time until I got into recovery Um, and it really began at the age of five years old Um, when I was five I had a grandmother that I was very close to and um, I spent the night with her I went to Peppermint Park if anybody remembers Peppermint Park Um, and you know I loved her a lot and I spent a lot of time with her well she got sick with cancer and um, my father and I went over there one day over to my great-grandmother's where she was staying and he was trying to pull her out of bed and she was just screaming and writhing in pain and I could not understand why my dad was being so mean to my grandmother, somebody that I really loved. And that was the beginning of my trust issues. My trust issues and, um, you know, fear. I, You know, I was fearful of, of, of my father and the way he behaved. And last night, my husband and I were watching that movie, The Irishman. I don't know if y'all have seen that or not, but there was a scene in the movie where um, his daughter sees her father beat up on this man, and from then on, she feared her father, and that's, and that, and, and, you know, didn't trust him, and that's, that's how it was for me, and my relationship with my dad, for many years, and, and so that happened, so I'm, so I'm building up these things inside of me, um, of course, not knowing anything, I'm a kid, and then the, um, next item was when I was seven, I was approached by these older boys in the neighborhood, about having sex and um, I I had people pleasing and approval seeking way early on I said yes even I didn't know what it was but I I looked up to these boys so when the day came when they said you know it's time let's go do this I said no I changed my mind and they said you can't change your mind and I'm telling you I was seven years old and from the time I was seven till the time I got into into recovery in my 30s I thought if you said yes and you and you made a decision about something you had to stick with it no matter what that's that's how I that's how I rolled for many many years when I got in recovery I'm like oh I can change my mind (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what a concept I really did not think like that at all and so the day came and then there was you know I tried to escape they wouldn't allow me to escape out of the house I was naked there was the older boy was kind of navigating directing the other one and then while all this was going on there was a bang at the door and it was my mother and I know that had to been mother intuition I know that had to be a god thing but um she came in and then uh, we got dressed real quick and I got out of the house and uh, she spanked me on my butt and she told me two things she said One, that my shorts were too short, and two, that I should not be in the house with boys by myself. And so I carried that guilt and shame and that responsibility, like this was my fault, you know, for many, many years. So, you know, at seven years old, I've got trust issues. I've got, I'm fearful of men, males, not really women, but males, and I have a lot of guilt and shame already. That's what I was packing on at a very early, very early age. And when I was 10, we had some news. My mom and dad told me that uh, my mom was uh, pregnant. And I already had one brother who was three years younger than me. And so I'm 10 years old, and, you know, my parents are saying they're having a baby. I'm like, having a baby? I'm 10. You know, they're too old to be having a baby. They were 31, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But that was my (laughs) mind. And so, um, but they told me, they explicitly told me that it was my responsibility to take care of my brothers. And at first they didn't know they were having twins and it was twins. It's like, okay. So at, you know, 10, 11 years old, I was changing cloth diapers. I was changing disposable diapers. I was taking uh, five-month-old babies to swim lessons at the Y. I was doing, I had a lot of adult responsibilities at, you know, at the age of 11, you know. Um, And so I developed, you know, we have that overdeveloped sense of responsibility. That was me. You can check that box for sure. So that's how I was rolling. And then, um, and like I said, I didn't trust males, right? So I had real issues with with boys and so I thought if they a boy liked me that he wanted something from me. Okay, I didn't trust them and so but I had a childhood friend that was a boy and I was nine and he was 11 when we first became friends. Well, he became my first boyfriend. He was I was 14. He was 16 and he was also the first alcoholic in my life and he, um, you know, he was he was in high school when I was still in middle school, and he had started to smoke pot and drink and things like that. Um, and he was trying to get me to do that too for a long time. But I was at that time, I was good girl, I made good grades, I was in accelerated classes, and I always thought about those um, after school specials where if they took they smoked pot that they would jump out the window. <laughs> 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 That's how I thought. And so it really scared me um, that he was smoking pot and acting differently. But one day he said the magic word. So I'll just preface this by saying, I am not a teetotaler, Al-Anon at all, okay? I When the big book talks about the heavy drinker, that's me. And I was, that. well, that was me, That is no longer me. But that was me for a long time. So when he told me, cause I told you I'm approval seeking and people pleasing, he said, he listed all these girls that I looked up to who I thought were super cool, super popular, and they were like, well, they're doing it. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Well, they're doing it. Must be okay. <laughs> so I started, you know, so we started, you know, smoking pot and all that stuff. And, it, and at first it was fun with munchies. We were going to movies. We were going to concerts. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't, until his disease took over. And, um, he started taking pills and it was, and then my alanonisms really started creep, creeping in. I tried to control, I tried to manipulate, I, I did whatever I could, you know, I, I bargained with him, I scolded him, I did all of those things. I just couldn't get it because it was affect, it was affecting him, but it was affecting me, you know, and, um, one day, uh, I was so mad we had first period together and he would, had been taking pills for days and he couldn't it was a spelling test he couldn't speak I mean so he got a he went to the nurse and then I found out later that it, you know they pumped his stomach he went to the hospital and then he was going to treatment and I thought the same thing that I know that I've heard a lot of addicts and alcoholics thought that if he could just use successfully I didn't know about the disease of alcoholism or drug addiction, nothing. Because, you know, when we had we had fun, when we were smoking pot, drinking, it was those pills. They were the bad thing, you know. And, um, but as we know, that is not the case and it's not the truth. And so when he got out, you know, it was shortly after that he relapsed and then, We broke up and I was devastated because this is a person that I spent with is my codependency, you know, because I'm a good Al-Anon. I've been, we've been friends and seeing each other almost every day from the time I was nine years old. And at this point, you know, I'm 16. So that's a lot of time for a, for a a young person. So, but we broke up, graduated high school. Then I went to college and then, um, then I met my next alcoholic, (laughs) And um, I thought he was the one. Like he got me. Like when we looked, we just totally just got each other. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how that's how that's how it was, right? And again, it started out a lot of fun. We worked together. So I was going to college and waiting tables. He waited tables. We waited tables same place. And we would go to the bars, we would go to the clubs, we would go to concerts. We had a lot of fun together until we didn't. (laughs) And then I find out about five months in he tells me, oh by the way I used to have a problem with crack. Like, oh (laughs) okay. And that's when things really started to go downhill. He took my car, he was out all night. I mean it just got really ugly really fast and 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 just, um, again, I was trying to control. Uh, He went to treatment. He got kicked out of treatment. I mean, it was just this, there's this uh, spiral thing. Um, And uh, one of the things what I heard early on in a meeting from a friend, a good friend of mine um, in Al-Anon, she was talking about how she was talking with her sponsor about, you know she was gonna leave her husband and all this and, and everything else like that and her sponsor said you could do that but you're gonna find someone just like him mm-hmm. and I could really identify that with that because I had repeated that same pattern over and over and over again and so anyway that relationship ended I uh, ended up graduating from college And what do I do? I make a geographical change. (laughs) I had one of my best friends was uh, living in Seattle. And I decided to move 2,000 miles away to get away from my family, which really was, I think, really helpful. But I was still, you know, wherever I go, there I am. That's the case. And so I I graduated. I moved 2,000 miles away. And, but I do have to say that I am grateful for Seattle. I got a career there. I learned a lot about myself. I grew a lot professionally, but you know, inside I still have that hole, right? And it was always about, well, things will be okay once I graduate college. Well, things will be okay once I get a career. And those things were happening and I still was not okay. I still was trying to fill that void inside of me. You know, those were temporary fixes and I am proud of those accomplishments, but they didn't fill that hole. You know, I was still left with me. And so um, what do I do? I meet another um, alcoholic and addict, (laughs) you know, because that's what I do. And um, you know, and that relationship was, you know, unhealthy as well. We were two emotionally unavailable people. Um, He was a, what you call a functioning alcoholic because at least he could hold a job but it was but but it was a very unhealthy relationship and so that relationship ended and while that relationship was ending um, my brothers were getting into their disease and so when i you know I consider myself like a second mom to them you know I took care of them I love them very much and so what I do I put on my superwoman cake and I'm going to save the day. They're going to come up to Seattle and everything is going to be okay. So, um they come up they come up to Seattle and um one of them leaves like 2 weeks later, then gets arrested and spends 10 months in jail and then comes back. But the, one of them stayed and um he, you know, he got his GED. He got a job, he started taking college classes, so Guess who took that credit? Me. I didn't give God any credit. I gave him little credit. And I, but I took all the credit. <laughs> he's laughing and he's here. He knows my story. <laughs> he lived it. So but, that, but that's how I thought. You know, I grew up, you know in, in the traditions, and we, we always talk about that better than less than. That is how I lived my life until I got into recovery. I was either better than. Or less than I was never it was never equal or balanced better than that's how I and that's how it was for many many years and so um so he comes up and everything and then that one that one boy that one guy that got me well I had been pining away for that for that dude for like 10 years and I thought if there was different circumstances if we could have made that thing work way back when so I, um, so then my my other brother, my third brother, not uh, he calls me and says, "Oh, guess who I saw? He saw him at the gym." I was like, "Oh, okay." And then a couple of weeks later, my dad said, "Guess who I saw? I saw him." So I thought that was a sign. I was like, "God's telling me to get <laughs> for that man to come back into my life." And so. <laughs> So that, that is how I thought. I'm just telling you that, like my husband said, I was a very sick puppy, and it gets a little worse before it finally gets better, but um, he, so I tracked him down. We were talking before the meeting about tracking people. I was a tracker. I could track you down. I have a horrible sense of direction, right? I have terrible sense of direction. But if I go to any place one time with any of the alcoholics in my life, I will find that place. I am, it is no joke, I will find it. And so I i did not have his phone number, I did not have anything. So you know what I did, I called the gym. Not once, but twice. He calls me back and I convince him to come. So at, in Seattle, we have a two bedroom apartment. It's myself, untreat, very bad untreated Alanon. Uh, my twin brothers, my younger twin brothers, active in their addiction. My, him, and then my brother's uh, then girlfriend who's, an, she's like me, another untreated Alan. So we were all living this lovely life in this two-bedroom apartment. You want to talk about some insanity and chaos, it was crazy. Um, but uh, one of my brothers, he left before the real insanity uh, came. Um, he didn't get along with him, and so he left, but so it was myself, one of my brothers, his girlfriend, and, we, and so, but it was like Survivor, you know, when everybody has like factions, and this, pe- this person has a secret, and this person has a secret, and this is undercover, and this is undercover, that's what it was like, it was complete insanity and chaos, and that's how I lived, and thought nothing of it thought nothing of it. I thought I was going to try and control and maintain all of this happening, right? And um so then my brother and his girlfriend left. She graduated from college and they moved back down to Houston, so and he was kind of a buffer for me. So then it was left with me and him. And things got really bad really fast and but this is when the moment happened. Um there was a moment that happened that I realized that I was sick because before it wasn't me. It was them, it was circumstances, it was unluckiness, it was n- anything but me. And the where the catalyst happened where I finally figured out that it was me and I had some awakening and an aha moment was my mother was visiting and my best friend, one of my best friends was up visiting. And, we, and it all started out fun. There was a fun night. where Of course, we were drinking and dancing and listening to music and everything else like that. Well, then we got, he and I got into a fight. And um, my mom had fallen asleep. And we were in my uh, bedroom. And he had me pinned down. And he was just pulling my hair, like, really hard and yelling. And I couldn't stop yelling. I was, could not shut up. I was like, I had to, that need to be Right that need, you know, to just prove myself and everything, and we're just yelling and screaming at each other, and it was a moment when I looked at him, and the look in his eye, like, he's gonna kill me, and so I called to my friend, she said that she had called the cops, she hadn't, but that's what she said, and he left, and it was a few hours later, he knocked at the door, and I let him back in, that's when I knew that it was me, it had nothing to do with anybody else, any circumstance, it was me, I had a problem, but I didn't know how to deal with that, or what to do, so I became a seeker, I hadn't found Allen on yet, but I did begin to seek, I started to try different churches, I started to volunteer, but I just, I couldn't, I just, I don't know if I wasn't ready, or just I wasn't, there wasn't a connection, I can't really say, but I, it didn't, I wasn't able to get over that hump, and so um, I had an opportunity to leave him, but what do I do? I don't, because he gets a job transfer, and I went with him to Louisiana. I would say probably the worst year of my life. I Anybody in Louisiana, I'm sorry, but I did not enjoy my experience in Louisiana at all. <laughs> Um, You know uh, I didn't have uh, the family, the friend support. I was making about a third of the income I've been making. It was just awful and he was you know in and out of detox. I mean it was just it was just really bad. So finally I made the decision that I couldn't move back to Seattle because like I said my in my finances weren't the way they used to be and I was commission only and it would have taken me a few months to get my book of business back. So what I do I trot on over the border to Houston Texas back on home (laughs) and he asked if he could come with me and I said yes but you have to go to treatment and if you relapse after treatment uh, I I can't you know got to break up with you and so he came and my brothers at this time were up in Seattle and they were doing very poorly they were living on the streets I mean their disease had really taken over them as well and so they had called um, my mom to ask if they could come back home and my mom agreed and said yes but y'all have to go to treatment so they agreed they came back uh, they came back to Houston and um, and went to treatment and so um, so let me tell you just a, this a little just a, another little peek so my the twins came but the treatment center wouldn't allow brothers or especially twins not to be in the same treatment center so my one brother had just had a baby and so he decided he'd stay but so he went to treatment. So in the treatment center there is <laughs> bless you there's my guy, my brother, and my future husband. How about that, baby? <laughs> if I'm not a real Aladon, I don't know who is <laughs> Yes, so that's, that is, that, and that is the truth, okay? And so, um, uh, my boyfriend then, he did get out. He lasted about another 30 days out of treatment, and, and, and then he relapsed, and then I, I broke up with him by text. That was the best I could do. I couldn't really just see him. I just, but I had to, I had to cut ties for my own, uh, my own sanity. So, while this is going on, my future husband became very close to my brother um, in treatment and so he was coming over the house all the time and um and so I got to get to know him and then and this is I always like to call this true Alan on love story because what happened was I was driving him to hit the sober living where a house where he was li- uh, living at the time and we're parked in front of the sober living house to tell me that he likes me And I'm like oh okay and I kind of liked him at the time and I saw but I have two concerns and I said one is you know I'm afraid of you relapsing and I have to tell you my husband is the probably the most oddest (laughs) addict addict that you'll ever be because when I told him that he didn't say no baby that's it for me no 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 he said that's a valid concern (laughs) and I was like what okay And then the second part was that I was concerned about coming between him and my brother. They had become very close, and they loved each other very, very much. And I didn't want to ruin that relationship. I did not want to ruin that friendship at all. And so I told him that, and he's like, well, no, it's okay. I talked with your brother, and I asked permission to date you. And I was like, that was it for me. I was like, oh, this, this gentleman, Silverwoods guy. I'm like, I'm all in. I'm going on in. <laughs> so, and then, of course, you know, we moved in together right away. I mean, you know, what else am I supposed to do here? So, <laughs> and so, and things went well, well for a long, well, not a long time, for a few months. And um, then he relapsed. And we had been going to church. We had been attending a, a non denominational church called Mercy Street, and there's a lot of recovery there. And so I had become friends with a lot of his friends. Um, and uh, he, had, when he had relapsed, I waited to a somewhat reasonable hour in the morning to call one of his friends who has a long time sobriety. And I'm like crying and going on and on. And he's like, "Have you ever thought about Al-Anon?" And I was like, Al-Anon? I don't want to hear about no Al-Anon. You got to tell me where my man is. <laughs> I didn't say that, but that is what I was thinking. And so, um, but a few months later, my husband went back to treatment. And the counselor suggested that I, uh, you know, attend Al-Anon. And my recovery date, like my husband said, is June 7th of oh seven. But I'm a retread. So my first go around in Al-Anon was October of 2005 when he was, uh, in, when he went to treatment, and I didn't go, I went for all the wrong reasons, and I didn't go to try and get him sober, I know, we hear that a lot in Al-Anon, that I was trying to, that, I knew it was for me, but I went to show, you know, I'm, we were engaged at this time, I'm such a good fiancé, I'm so good, I'm so supportive, you know, And all that so I went there I would went to a meeting a week every once in a while and then but I never got a sponsor never got a never worked a step never did anything like that at all and but fast forward a year and four or five months later things had gotten really bad he was he was bad in his disease and my brother that had been in treatment with him who had some good sobriety he had relapsed too. my parents were calling me trying to tell me well they're gonna listen to you I was like They're not gonna listen to me about getting them uh, straightened out and so um, About my brother. So all of them They were all doing bad and I was doing bad and the thing about it for me is this was a scary time for me Because I was just existing. I was emotionally numb. I just I could not feel anything at that particular time and throughout my life there's been a lot of trauma and really mention about my family life as well cuz there there was emotional and physical abuse there too cops had been called cps had been called there was all that that happened in my life but I was always able to maintain a good sense of humor and laugh and but at that time that was gone and that was so scary for me, you know, because I was in my 30s, and I and I, I kid you not, this is the thought process that I had in my mind about how long I could live like that. I was like, I don't want to 30, 40, 50 years. That's a long time to be just existing, you know. And I really thought well, if it was just five, 10 years, I might have been able to make it. I that is how that is how sick my thinking had gotten at that time, you know. And so. I know this was a God thing, but the other thing that counselor did um, uh, in October of 2005, it gave me this a sheet of paper that had a, a women's relationship group. And I had that paper, so I know that's a God thing. So I'm like, well that Al-Anon thing didn't work for me. So let me go ahead and call this number. And so I called, I set an appointment and I got, uh, they do an evaluation. And I don't know if y'all have seen some of the questions, and when you see some stuff black and white, just how sick you are, it's like, oh my God. I wanted to lie, but I wanted to tell the truth, you know, and it was just like, I am really sick. So she said, yes, I could be in the group, but it was starting in a few weeks. Um, but in the meantime, she wanted me to um, attend four Al-Anon meetings a week. And I was like, four meetings a week? Oh my God, that's a lot of freaking meetings. I was barely going to one, you know, and thought I, that was okay. So, but I was given that gift of desperation. I was finally willing to, how we talk about, take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth. I was finally able to do that. And I did, And I've, but of course I didn't want to be too inconvenient. So I picked meetings that were all close to home. But I was very lucky and very blessed and very grateful that all the meetings that I went to were solution-oriented meetings. They were all very healthy meetings. There was good, 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 good recovery. And then I found a sponsor right away, and I started working steps right away. Because I really had that fear that if I didn't get a sponsor right away, that I was going to fall back out. And I did not want to live the way I was living any more I just did not want to do that and so I started working with her and she was and she had 20 plus years at the time whenever she started to sponsor me and she was still going to five meetings a week you know I have a a lot of love and respect uh, for her and she carried me through a lot of dark times and so I was able to tell on myself so when I saw her I'm like okay this (laughs) happened and this happened and you know and she she passed away just a little over a year ago and um I, and I told my story about a year ago so she had, it was really fresh and very fresh for me at the time and um one of the things I reflect upon is just how important sponsorship is Sponsorship, and not just in name only you know i she her and my relationship with god saved my life okay, and I'm not, uh, this is not, an, uh, I'm not exaggerating, okay, and the fact that, you know, I would see her all the time, Then I would see her outside of me is, of course, working steps, I would call her in crisis, and in the beginning, there was always a crisis, <laughs> and so, I mean, that really helped me and carried me through, and I'm forever, forever grateful for her, for Barbara P., so, um, but anyway, so I started to do that, and I started to feel better. Um, and uh, you know, like Brian was saying about service, service is a big part of my program and recovery. My sponsor was big into service, and so were the ladies uh, that I surrounded myself. They were very much into service. I started, you know, cheering and, and leading meetings, and then I became secretary of my home group, and then I love conferences. I love conferences and retreats. Um, I know I see some fellow uh, heart-to-heart retreaters here but uh so (laughs) but um and you know and it was funny because the very first time and i have not missed one heart to heart ever um since i've been in recovery and um i started when i was four months in and i remember i met this lady and i told her how long i'd been in recovery four months she was like don't worry honey it gets better and i was like it already is it is already better because I at that point you know I was a I found my laugh again I also was able to cry there was so much so many tears that I cried in the beginning but I needed to let that out I needed to grieve I needed to grieve you know what had happened what I thought should happen all of it you know I did a lot of crying but i was the ice melted you know so i was able to feel again and what a blessing because that was that was the thing that made me get into recovery is the fact that i was just existing and i couldn't feel anymore and that was a scary place to be and so you know my life uh started to to get better right away um you know uh my husband at first wasn't uh none of them at first were in any kind of recovery but I learned about uh, boundaries and sticking with them, um, and I'll share the story, even though he hates it. But it was it was it was a it was a change for me. Was shortly before recovery, um, you know, I, I kicked him out again for the umpteenth time, and he was like, "I don't know why I'm leaving. I'm going to be back in a week anyway," and it was the truth, and that totally angered me. And but it was the truth, and. So it was really important to me to learn how to set and keep some boundaries and that was, and that was, the, that was, the, that was the turning point for me to do that. So I'm very grateful for that and, and so I mean you know one of the things we talk about is you know, uh, we can find contentment and even happiness whether the alcoholic is still drinking or not. And that has been very true for me. You know, I've almost 12 and a half years in this program. And there have been relapses. Um, there, you know, there's been a lot of relapses. But I have been able to um, have contentment and joy. My, I'm not consumed by them. What, what they do, it, it doesn't make I'm sad about it. You know, um, it breaks my heart sometimes, but it I, I'm not obsessing about it. You know, um, one of the things I've talked about in the beginning is about family repair. When I first got into recovery, I wasn't sure if I was going to have a relationship with my parents. I had a lot of anger and a lot of resentment towards my parents. But as I got a little bit better and started working through some stuff and the steps and everything, I decided I did want a relationship with my family. And so it's been a process but um, it has it has improved my relationships with my both my parents are significantly better because of this program and my recovery you know they're they're not in any kind of recovery at all Um, my my father who was like I was saying he was the person who was emotionally and physically abusive to me um I go he calls all the time (laughs) a lot and I see him we have movie night I go over to his house I buy he likes to watch the old movies I buy movies from Amazon I go over to his house and the last few years I started to um, you know give him a hug and tell him I love him and um, and now he's reaching his arms out to me and hugging me back and a few months ago when I told him I loved him he loved me too That's what this program can do, you know, um, my, you know, sponsees, you know, when I was a sponsee to my first sponsor, um, you know, she told me as we were going along through the steps, she's like, you help me as much as I help you. And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) I did not believe her. I thought she was just being very nice. She was a very nice and kind lady, and I thought that she was being very nice and kind until I began to sponsor. And let me tell you something, through some of the dark times that I go through, you know, when uh, a family member is is having a relapse or a health crisis or something like that, my sponsees have pulled me through those things, you know, just meeting with them, working the steps with them. Um, There was a time when things were kind of rough and my sponsee said, I can't believe you're here. I was like, this is the best place for me to be, is to be here with you. Because I'm out of my head and I'm helping others. I mean, and that's something that's super, super important to me. So I mean, I just I cannot speak just how grateful I am. You know, um, I beat myself up really bad for a long, long time. Um, and then when my sponsor first told me that I could put myself on that eighth step, I didn't even think about myself. But learning to love myself and forgive myself, has been uh, transformational, you know. And now I I have a new sponsor. I did not want to be swinging out in the wind. (laughs) That could be still a dangerous place for me, even with all this recovery. So I asked a a, a woman that I've known throughout my recovery, who I respect her recovery, to be my sponsor. And I'm reworking the steps with her. And I just really, I just finished seven with her. And let me tell you something one thing too is I have a great relationship with God, my higher power, and he has a great sense of humor because one of the things I talked about in you know I wanted some things removed, you know so judgment, judgmental, being critical, you know arrogance, you know um, those are some defects of character that i that I have you know that I want removed and god sure does give you those opportunities you know i at work i i had been flying high real for a very long time and then i was put in on this major project this very complicated project and things were going real good until the day that it was supposed to go live and everything went to hell okay and i'm like so i had i learned some real good humility about that because it's like You know I need to be looking at myself I don't need to start you know pointing fingers about how other people need to do their job I need to be looking at me and that's you know that's what this this program has given me the gift to kind of have some awareness and to take a look at myself and uh, that was a humbling experience and it sucked but you know what I'm real grateful for it and you know we talked about God with skin I went to Spirit of Houston a few weeks ago and we went there was a Friday night speaker That I heard and like I was I was really struggling with the the work situation. I was kind of beating myself up about it I was I was allowing it to take my joy and I hadn't allowed a job to take my joy in many many years And he spoke and he, he said exactly what I needed to hear He was talking about stitches and not looking at everything. Just what do you need to do next? What's the next right thing? And what's the next right thing? And it opened up and I just like had this awareness I was like I am allowing this to eat uh, to steal my joy I need to you know take a step back and okay what do I need to do next what do I need to do next and you know and since then you know there's been a stress at my job but I have not taken it on like I was and that's this program that's what this program does that's what it does for me um I'm just I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm like "Mm." But, um, I just, I really am, I'm grateful. Um, there was a speaker at face to face, um, that said that she could go on an hour about all the gifts and the gratitude about this program. And I could too. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take y'all's time. I'm not gonna hold you hostage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I just, I really I just am so grateful about everything this program and it's dealing with life on life's terms. You know, there's I had to let go of the fairy tale ending, you know. I don't have that fairy tale ending, but I can tell you that I have we talk happy, joyous and free. Happy, joyous and free one day at a time. Um I do, again, I want to thank uh, Lisa Kay for asking me. I want to thank my husband for introducing me, and I want to thank all of y'all for participating in my recovery. Thank you very much.